0: It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, America.
1: here we go. Shot. Head on with Bob Kincaid, three hours of conversation cussin' and a discussin with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host.
2: Here we go, off and running on this 26th day of December, 2023. This is The Horn. Head on .live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia, extravaganza, holiday edition. Sure. Sure it is. That <laughs> is The Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday. 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time all time zones in between and the great globe round and uh well whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast and if you're listening to the podcast please make sure that you like every episode and subscribe and leave a comment as if you're feeling like it because it really helps people to see the program you know, show up in podcast lists and so, so forth. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. This is one of the oldest progressive podcasts there is. Uh, 20 years in February, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you are listening live, go on by the uh, uh, horn chat room. If you'd like, and you'll be greeted by the early arrivers Theo and Squeaky and Ralphs and Irish Dave, all capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist Extraordinaire Roger in Oregon. Yes. Uh, so I've, I've been making, I've been trying to tell myself all day long. Okay, Roxanne, this is Tuesday. It's not Monday, because I caught myself early this morning saying, ooh, that looks like Moran Monday material. Ooh, there's more Moran Monday material. No. No, it's Titanic Tuesday. It's Boxing Day. Exactly, Irish Day. It's Boxing Day. And Boxing Day is, of course, my son's birthday. He is 28 today. And I wished him a happy birthday. I hope, uh, and and got a photo of him with his little family, the, the youngest baby in his arms and their, their eldest sister there beside him, and uh, Mama holding a little June bug, who's a chunk. It was sweet. It was sweet. And Christmas was sweet here, too. Um, I, I was so excited, and i gotta tell, I got to say, that whatever, whatever hopes I had, whatever excitement I had about the Koneka, ham and the Conecuh turkey that uh, uh, the cat in Ohio sent along cannot even begin to approach the reality the whole house the fabulous Kincaid mansion magnificent Kincaid mansion is absolutely perfumed with the smell of hickory smoke and they are both just absolutely delicious I've finished my Oh, what is this? Uh, I think this is my fourth portion of turkey <laughs> and dressing and cranberry sauce and mashed potato. And uh, maybe i got to tell you this, a little food porn early on, because we'll get to the stupidity, don't worry, because uh, there was lots of that. Uh, all these years of cooking and Annette finally taught me how to make mashed potatoes without doing it on hard mode. As if mashed potato, making mashed potatoes is a game. Yeah, um, you know, for years because I was always to wash the potatoes, peel the potatoes, cube the potatoes, boil the potatoes, drain the potatoes. Ah! and uh, no, no. We had some big, beautiful russets, and just rinsed them and put them in cold water, and boiled the bejesus out of them, and then mashed them with butter and uh, milk. It was uh, uh, no Ralphs. I did the ham too, so we're eating ham sandwiches and uh, and and uh, pan-fried ham on uh, for breakfast in the mornings and. Uh, it will, I think some of it's going to go in the, in, in the freezer, but I had to, had to have it all. It was wonderful. But anyway, I made mashed potatoes, and the best mashed potatoes I've ever made. And it's so much simpler. It's, in a way, it would have been better if I continued doing it the difficult way, because this makes it easy. And, oh, they were so good. And so this morning, to get the day started... I got my I got my iron griddle all heated up. Made potato mashed potato cake patties. Dusted them with flour. Melted butter on the griddle, and put them on to pan fry. And warmed up some of the gravy that I made. Oh, the gravy! Oh my God! I have a gravy problem, y'all. Uh, uh, I am powerless over gravy, and my life has become unmanageable. This was the best gravy. This was the best turkey gravy I've ever made. It truly was. And part of that is because of how smoky it is that the smoke from the turkey was literally in the in the in the pan pan juices that I used to make the gravy. And so this is smoked oh this is hickory smoked gravy. Good lord. And so I had that on I had that with my potato cakes for breakfast this morning. God alone knows what my blood sugar is, but it's okay. It was, well, shoot, my blood sugar was 91 this morning, so I felt like I had a little room to give. But that, and uh, can't wait to take, some the, take the ham fat itself and render it and make dirty gravy and homemade biscuits. and <sighs> See, we're past, we're past the solstice now. My attitude has improved. Because every day is a minute or two longer. I'm weird, okay? I know. Just is. Just is. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday, however you celebrate it. Christmas, Yule, Solstice, what have you. But it it was absolutely delightful and continues to be. And of course, program note, no program on New Year's Day. Uh, I will be parked in front of a television or a computer screen or something, you know, watching uh, watching the New Year's Day bowl games and uh, rooting rooting for the Crimson Tide, hoping they get past Michigan. Uh, yeah, didn't. <laughs> I told you we'd get there Irish Day but didn't the orange ill il do say pretty much all of us should ride in hell <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was a that Christmas message and i guess you' staying up all night and ripped out of your mind on Adderall and right yeah but every program here at the horn begins with gratitude and this program is no different. And so as a consequence, we say thanks to our 26th, 25th, and 24th day of the month subscribers. Uh, Thank you so kindly to Emilio and to Ralphs. Thank you both so much. Thanks as well to Mark. Thank you, Mark, and thank you to Peter. Thanks so much to Josh. Thank you to Samson thank you so much and thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program where the fundraising stands uh... in our ongoing attempt to reach the twenty-year mark with this program well we have four broadcast days remaining in december and it's today tomorrow thursday and friday and the fundraising goal therefore uh, considering what we had left, uh, what we still have in, what we're still in the hole from last week, uh, we're actually, uh, uh, well, the fundraising goal is at $2,795. That takes into account everything up through fr- this coming Friday. So, I don't know, fingers crossed. Hope for the best. At uh, Lee in New York, pointing out not more Monday. I thought the Morans act like every day is Monday. <sighs> true, true. Um, now, it, where to uh, where to begin? <laughs> I wish Dave, implicit in, the, in in Nitwit Nero's message is that this Christmas meal is America's Last Supper. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean, And December 23rd? We had a... Oh, yeah, 23rd, too. See, I'm still out of sync. 25th, 24th, 23rd. Make sure I got the 23rd in there, too. Yeah, there's and there's Lou on December 23rd. Thank you, Lou. And thank you to our pal, Dave, at Mellow Moonlit Meadow. Thank you. And that... That uh, completes the thanks for the past weekend. <sighs> so anyway, uh, no program on um, New Year's Day Monday. Long weekends always confuse me. But they were needed. Um, watched Christmas movies. Let's see. Um, had my second viewing of Christmas in Connecticut. I watched, uh, I don't know, Miracle on 34th Street, and then Christmas in Connecticut, listen to Christmas music, and this is all on on, on, uh, Christmas Eve, and even had a gloriously emotional release at it all. And it's all arbitrary, of course, but I I think somehow or another we just need to, we we as humans like to find ways of keeping up with our uh, with our mortality, maybe. Ralph says, "Oh no, scared." Um, Christmas, I'll offer for uh, for Christmas, I'll offer a fifty dollar challenge, so that would get us down to twenty six ninety five if it gets met. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you so much. Uh, so it's out there and waiting, and Ralph's is eager to turn your 5 into 10, your 10 into 20, or your 50 into 100, up to $50. Thank you, Ralph's, and I hope you had a good holiday. Uh, by the way, <laughs> no snow, in, hell, there wasn't even a hard frost for Christmas here. It was kind of gray and rainy. Um, been that way today, too. Ugh. but we'll, uh, we'll muddle you know, just just like the song says, have yourself a little merry little Christmas. We'll muddle through somehow. And of course, um, this I think this will go down historically as a tragically ironic Christmas season. After all the ballyhoo, no, nah, that's a bad word, all the publicity about the babies killed by Hamas. See, I told you we were going to get back into it. And and, and they, they screamed it from the rooftops, the Israelis did. And it was horrible, 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 horrible. What Hamas did. Not so much PR, though, for the 39 Palestinian babies who died in the hospital for want of the ability to care for them during their neonatal days. 39. Like I said, it's getting more biblical by the minute. The murder of the innocents. Uh, I've seen video. Not of the babies. Seen video of IDF members uh, rampaging and looting through little Palestinian shops and destroying toys. Last week we had the story of the uh, IDF attacks on the churches. Well, um, yesterday, of course, was Christmas. And there's probably, you know, there, I'm not a Christian, so. Uh, it is but still I can see how this would be terribly upsetting Um, the violence is expanding more and more into the West Bank where one can find a little place referred to in song and story as little town called Bethlehem. Supposedly the place of Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate uh, itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life. Uh, birth. Well, the Israelis bombed the bee jesus out of Bethlehem on Christmas Day, they've got they've, they've, they've got they've got ads running on TV all across the United States, telling the United States Hamas is your problem too. But did anyone any of their PR flacks? tell maybe tell them that bombing the town of jesus christ's birth on christmas day was not a great idea and of course the uh, illegal settlers in the west bank the occupied west bank uh, have begun doing their own homegrown violence against the palestinians Uh and all of those settlements were built on land that was literally stolen from Palestinians. I mean this this part isn't this isn't even the, the subject to debate. Israel stole the land from Palestinians, bulldozed ancient olive groves and whatnot, and built illegal settlements and so they're feeling froggy. And by the way, in case anybody's wondering, Hamas has almost practically no presence in the West Bank whatsoever. Because the West Bank is governed nominally uh, by, by the Palestinian Authority, who doesn't get along with Hamas. This would be a good moment to perhaps review the fact that Hamas controls Gaza because... Bibi Netanyahu and his right wing uh, uh, fascist pals thought it would be a great idea. You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. So Bibi Netanyahu allowed billion dollars or more to flow to Hamas in Gaza so that Hamas could control Gaza and isolate the Palestinian Authority in the West Bank so that the Palestinian Authority couldn't control both, uh, represent both Gaza and the West Bank and work toward a unified Palestine. That's why Hamas is even there. And so Hamas doesn't like the Palestinian Authority. The Palestinian Authority doesn't particularly like Hamas. Uh, but you know, when you when you've got a when you've got a good genocide rolling in Gaza, I guess it's hard to uh, uh, it's 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 it, you know. And when all your problems look like nails, all your solutions look like hammers. And so, since you've already got a since you've already got a genocide rolling in Gaza, why not expand it to the West Bank? On Christmas Day, and I understand uh, if, uh, a a a a state who is, whose formal identification is as a religious ethno-state is not going to care much about Christianity. But, nonetheless, someone named Tamar Schwarzbard, who has an Israeli flag next to their name over on Shitter, posted, Jesus wasn't a Palestinian. He wasn't a Muslim. He was a Jew. Merry Christmas. Okay. He was definitely not a Muslim. Because... Uh, Islam would not come along for a whole another half a millennium or so uh, uh, after Yeshua's murder. He was probably a speaker of Aramaic, might have been nominally literate in Hebrew enough to get through some of the uh, sacred texts, And he lived in. He was born in Nazareth, which wasn't exactly downtown Judea. And of course, there's a picture. uh, There's there's a representation of uh, a meme, a GIF of Yeshua with this stupid post uh, that says, uh, "I'm that." It's from some outfit called "I'm that Jew." And there's a a title in it, that born in Bethlehem Jew, Jesus. Problem being that the Jesus represented therein, as usual, looks a hell of a lot more like Apollo. Nice, blondish brown hair, a very neatly trimmed beard. There's nothing curly or nappy about his hair. He's, He's obviously... He's obviously at least six feet four. Can't tell, but probably has blue eyes. Yeah. Because, well, just ask, oh, I don't know, Megyn Kelly. Of course Jesus is white. Jesus, Santa Claus, Dr. King. Of course they're white. And, of course, in, in in turn, that post led to the usual ugliness. Then why'd you kill him? That was not, that was someone else. Right. There's an old joke about a, a rabbi and a Catholic priest. Yeah, Exactly, Arnold says, Aryan Christ. Yep, pretty much. A a rabbi and a Catholic priest were talking, and uh, they were talking about the relative hierarchies. And the rabbi asked the priest, uh, "So, you know what all? Well, you know, there's vicars and 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 parish priests and monks and friars and deacons and whatnot. Well, uh, what's above the priest? Well, you know, bishop. Bishop. Yeah, what's above the bishop?" Well, I mean, Archbishop? Anything above Archbishop? Cardinal? So, Cardinals are as high as as the Church hierarchy? No, 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 there's the Pope. Oh, the Pope. And anything higher than the Pope? Well, only God! I mean, the Pope can't become God... Rabbi looks at him and says, huh, "One of our boys made it." I know. The llama is very much out of sorts. <sighs> but it, I just kind of, I was, I was kind of got. Wait, their PR, their 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 propaganda and their PR is absolutely in the toilet. And the solution to that is to bomb Bethlehem on Christmas Day. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how flat we see the bombed. No singing. You know, $2,795 fundraising home. away in a manger. No crib for a bed yeah Christmas music was up this year. Looking forward to the artificial beginning of New year when the world when the Christian world celebrates, poor little Jesus getting his pee pee chopped on. Or perhaps gnawed on. I don't know. Because seven days from Christmas, don't mutilate the penis. Uh, Steven, New York, captain of the football team, Jesus. He wasn't prom king, but rumor has it he was runner-up. Uh, Lee in New York, Jesus looks like Apollo. Obligatory Star Trek reference, who mourns for Adonis. In Star Trek, Apollo demanded worship. Christian's You know, still believe that Jesus demands worship. Is there anything? No, there's really nothing in the book about that. Oh, and thank you, Claire. Um, uh, Claire with a note. Uh, Thank you to the person who offered up prayers for my sister. That was Jude. Just a quick note of thanks to the person, so sorry I can't remember your name, who offered to pray for my sister who has been in hospice in the last stages of cancer of the esophagus after being unable to eat anything for almost two and a half months. Yana died in her sleep yesterday, Christmas Day. Thank you for your kindness, which was so lovely and so apt, as my sister Yana was a woman full of kindness. She was a star, and now she is my star. All our condolences go to you, Claire. Please let the goodness of her live on in you. Six, <laughs> Lou, six three and two hundred and fifteen pounds. You're slowing down, Roxanne. Maybe. Been thinking. I was busy yesterday. Um, Oh, I remember that, "Radio Radar, with a, a, a line from All in the Family. The Pope is inflammable, Archie Bunker in All in the Family, yes. <laughs> and Darlene in Connecticut says, condolences to Claire, yes. Thank you. Condolences indeed. And uh, back to uh, Palestine for a moment. Flavio points out, Reverend Munther Isaac from Bethlehem, powerful. He was born in Beit Sahur, Palestine. He's married with two children. He's an ordained minister of the Lutheran Church and serves as an assistant pastor at Christmas Evangelical Lutheran Church in Bethlehem. I don't think evangelical carries as much of the negative um connotations there that uh, it does here in the new 90 states of America. Uh, Reverend Munther Isaac has some strong things to say about the way the church responds, is responding to the slaughter in, in, in Gaza.
3: And that's I've been why thinking a lot about the un-
2: hold on. Uh, I mentioned the Israelis bombing Bethlehem on Christmas Day, and while, like I said, while I'm not a, while I'm, I'm while I'm not a Christian, I understand the iconography, the power of myth. And I could see where maybe some sincere practicing Christians might be rather pissed off about that, deeply offended, that sort of thing. Maybe it be like, you know, um, putting a, oh, I don't know, putting a cruise missile into the, Western Wall on the Temple Mount might get some, I mean, uh, Muslims and Jews slaughter each other on the Temple Mount over who gets to pray where when, because it's a sacred space for both of them, and nominally, I guess, for Christianity, too. But the fact of the matter is, when the Christianity of the United States of America is defined by the likes of... Mullah, Moses, Mike Johnson, then no, they they won't be particularly upset that the place of Jesus' birth was mercilessly bombed on the day that is supposedly the anniversary of that birth. But Reverend Munther Isaac is upset with the behavior of the church, without a doubt.
4: Christ under the rubble. We are angry. We are broken. This should have been a time of joy. Instead, we are mourning. We are fearful. More than 20,000 killed. Thousands are still under the rubble. Close to 9,000 children killed in the most brutal ways. Day after day, 1.9 million displaced, hundreds of thousands of homes destroyed. Gaza, as we know it, no longer exists. This is an annihilation, this is a genocide. The world is watching, churches are watching. The people of Gaza are sending live images of their own execution. Maybe the world cares, but it goes on. We are asking here, could this be our fate in Bethlehem, in Ramallah, in Jenin? Is this our destiny too? We are tormented by the silence of the world. Leaders of the so-called free lined up one after the other to give the green light for this genocide against a captive population. They gave the cover. Not only did they make sure to pay the bill in advance, They veiled the truth and context, providing the political cover. This This war has confirmed to us that the world does not see us as equal. Maybe it's the color of our skins. Maybe it is because we are on the wrong side of a political equation. Even our kingship in Christ did not shield us. So they say, if it takes killing 100 Palestinians to get a single Hamas militant, then so be it. We are not humans in their eyes. But in God's eyes, no one can tell us that. The hypocrisy and racism of the Western world is transparent and appalling. They always take the word of Palestinians with suspicion and qualification. No, we're not treated equally. Yet on the other side, despite a clear track record of misinformation, lies, their words are almost always deemed infallible. Ouch. To our European friends, I never ever want to hear you lecture us on human rights or international law again. And I mean this. We are not white, I guess. It does not apply to us according to your own logic. In this war, the many Christians in the Western world made sure the empire has the theology needed. It is thus self-defense, we were told. And I continue to ask, how is the killing of 9,000 children self-defense? How is the displacement of 1.9 million Palestinians? Self-defense. In the shadow of the empire, they turned the colonizer into the victim and the colonized into the aggressor. Have we forgotten? Have we forgotten that the state they talked to, that that state was built on the ruins of the towns and villages of those very same cousins? Have they forgot that? We are outraged by the complicity of the church. Let it be clear, friends. Silence is complicity. And empty calls for peace without a ceasefire and end to occupation, and the shallow words of empathy without direct action, all under the banner of complicity. So here is my message. Gaza today has become the moral compass of the world. Gaza was hell before October 7th, and the world was silent. Should we be surprised that they're silence now? If you are not appalled by what is happening in Gaza, if you are not shaken to your core, there is something wrong with your humanity. And if we as Christians are not outraged by the genocide, by the weaponization of the Bible to justify it, there is something wrong with our Christian witness and we are compromising the credibility of our gospel message. If you fail to call this a genocide, it is on you. It is a sin and a darkness you willingly embrace.
2: Hey, Ben Stiller here.
4: but in God's eyes no one can tell us that the hypocrisy and racism of the Western world is transparent and appalling
2: hold on let me skip a bit
4: in this war the many Christians in the Western world made sure the Empire has the theology needed it is that self-defense, we were told. And I continue to ask, how is the killing of 9,000 children self-defense? ruins of the towns and villages of those very we got this same part. cousins. Have they forgot that? See, without direct action, all under the banner of complicity. So here is my message. Gaza today has become the moral compass of the world.
2: Let's hear it again.
4: Gaza was hell before October 7th, and the world was silent. Should we be surprised that they're silenced now? If you are not appalled by what is happening in Gaza, if you are not shaken to your core, there is something wrong with your humanity. And if we as Christians are not outraged by the genocide, by the weaponization of the Bible to justify it, there is something wrong with our Christian witness and we are compromising the credibility of our gospel message. If you fail to call this a genocide, it is on you. It is a sin and a darkness you willingly embrace.
2: That was the whole thing. (sighs) The ad just came on so quickly. The name of that gospel, the name of that homily was Christ under the rubble. There were, in fact, uh, camera cutaways to a little, what would have been a Christmas nativity scene. Only in this case, it was a little baby doll wrapped up in rags. I think perhaps in a kafia. Yeah, wrapped in a kafia. <sighs> and laying among rubble. Honestly, I fear for Reverend Munther Isaac's life. And I think he probably is well aware that he is at hazard. Now, this message, this Christmas message was delivered. He delivered it two days ago from his pulpit in Bethlehem. And a day later, the Israelis bombed Bethlehem. Would you be surprised if Bibi Netanyahu had him taken out? I wonder how many people are barking and grunting that Reverend Munther Isaac is anti-Semitic for his words. I guarantee you it's happening. But what he says about the empire's theology of complicity, the empire's theology of justification, of slaughter, is true. For the most part, the so-called Western world is looking away, just as he noted that they looked away from Gaza before October 7th. The world's largest open-air refugee camp, and the saddest thing—perhaps one of the saddest things—is that this 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 act of genocide will ultimately redound to the negative to negative impacts on Israel Because as long as this is the salute this is always the solution then the problem it seeks to solve will continue to be the problem grief resentment hate All of that. And it's... Oh. And, and you know, the problem is, we've talked about maybe the United States should be a little bit less obsequious and a little bit less fawning with the money that we send to fund Israel. But the fact of the matter is, they are a very rich Western country, and they will have the money to pursue this slaughter for as long as they wish. Uh, that's why the, uh, uh, the the boycott movement against Israel has such profound impact on Israelis. I mean, look, I was walking through Kroger's the other day getting stuff for Christmas dinner. And I glanced down and I saw the Sabra hummus. I love hummus. Sabra's really tasty. But the first thing that flashed through my mind was, no, never again. Never ever again. Because it feels like participation. <sighs> because Sabra is, in, at least in part, Israeli-owned. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, that's that's not an indication of any great um, uh, moral stand. It's just where... Yeah, and, and Sabra is now owned by PepsiCo. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Along with Yum brands. You know, Captain D's, Taco Bell, KFC. Huh. But what a horror. I can't I can't get past that. What a horror. but the fact that bethlehem got bombed the day after that, that the day after reverend isaac delivered that sermon well the irony or perhaps intentionality of that was not lost on me Uh, No, uh, Arnold, uh, Claire's sister was in England, and Claire said, uh, thank you, of course, and Jude said, just left work, now driving, heard Claire's sensitive email, pulled over to write this, but we'll write more when I'm home. Thank you, Jude. And uh, thank you to Baltimore Bob. Uh, Matt Ralph's challenge. Thank you so very much. That takes us down to twenty six ninety five. Twenty five, two thousand six hundred and forty five dollars. And that's uh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Baltimore Bob. It is uh, Titanic Tuesday. Uh, One last note. Again, the West Bank is not Gaza, and Gaza is not the West Bank. But um, the IDF has killed at least 303 Palestinians in the West Bank since October 7th. And when the IDF isn't doing it, the settlers are. The colonizers are. Shootings, stabbings, beatings, arson, homes, vehicles, and farms attacked. And in nearly half of all the incidents in the West Bank since October the 7th, nearly half, members of the IDF were accompanying or actively supporting the attackers but psycho baby says that uh, it will continue the killing the slaughter will continue Until they reach a place where they've decided they feel safe, and uh, said there are three prerequisites for peace. Netanyahu did, and he, he he keeps trying to make this more than what it is. He said it, Netanyahu said. The international community must recognize that Israel is fighting the bigger battle of the civilized world against barbarism. Oh, please. And went ahead and said that, no, uh, after the shooting and the bombing and the slaughter stops, Israel's not going to leave Gaza. The occupation is going to remain perpetual.
5: Schools must teach children to cherish life rather than death, and imams must cease to preach for the murder of Jews. Palestinian civil society needs to be transformed so that its people support fighting terrorism rather than funding it.
2: What a load of bilge. Nothing in there about rabbis not preaching Palestinian hate. Nothing in there about Israelis not saying there is no such thing as a Palestinian. (sighs) The mayor of uh, Gaza City, Yahya R. Saraj published an op-ed in the New York Times and said that Israel has caused the deaths of more than 20,000 people. Mayor Siraj said, the unrelenting destruction of Gaza, its iconic symbols, its beautiful seafront, its libraries and archives, and whatever economic prosperity it had, has broken my heart. And, of course, Palestinian civil society can never be transformed until the people brutalizing it transform themselves and don't enter into deals to fund Hamas to the tune of a billion dollars. Yeah. So, let's leave that. Let's leave that. Because we have so much Titanic, right-wing attempt at intellect. to note, as we close in on the end of the first hour of this Titanic Tuesday. Oh, look, it's... We wake Ramaswamy. It's less than a month to go until New Hampshire and Iowa, and that's a big deal for Republicans. And now it looks like WeWake might just, well, put a fork in him because he's done. Almost. They've stopped spending on his campaign in New Hampshire and Iowa. Uh, And they said, well, I mean, we're just not buying TV ads now, Uh, uh, because, of course. Uh, we're, We're focused on bringing out the voters we've identified. The best way to reach them is using addressable advertising, mail, text, live calls, and doors to communicate with our voters on we wakes vision for america making their plan to caucus and turning them out that was we wake ramaswamy spokesperson, person press secretary trisha mclaughlin as you know this isn't what most campaigns look like we have intentionally structured this way so that we have the ability to be nimble and hyper targeted in our ad spending in other words we're broke Back in the heady days of early November, the Ramaswamy campaign said, we're going to spend over $10 million on ads. Well, Ad Impact tallied the numbers, and no, he spent $2.2 million. Everybody else is pretty much still advertising. Uh, last week alone... The Nimrata uh, Haley campaign, a, a, a group backing her, dropped $4.8 million in a week. Monkey Up's bunch uh, called Fight Right dropped $1.3 million. MAGA Inc. dropped 987000 And tell it like it is, PAC, 700000 uh, That's Christie's PAC. Meanwhile, American exceptionalism pack, which is Wee Wakes, has not dropped a dime on ads of any sort since October. Woo! Uh, see you, Wee Wake. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Hmm, Yeah. And I'm particularly fond of. <laughs> oh, God, I'm particularly fond of this moment of Titanic uh, brain activity. Naturally, it comes from. Hmm. Alex Thrones. Where today. Uh, 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 that's very good. Flavio says, I call him Wee Wick Ramaslimy. That, too. wait, before we go to the Alex Jones stupidity, and it is, it's delightful. It's like an amuse-bouche before a banquet. John, in Central PA, subject line, Gaza. The goddess of irony is working super-duper overtime with this conflict because, gee, why does all this sound so familiar? Indefinite occupation, re-education of the occupied, shit-bombed all to hell, being referred to as cockroaches and animals, vermin and the like, yeah. I agree. But the other thing I find interesting is the language that uh, Reverend Isaac used, referencing the empire. Because Israel is behaving no differently than did the Romans 2,000 years ago. It was around 72 CE when after a massive revolt, the Romans said, fuck it! And that was the beginning of the Jewish diaspora. Y'all got to leave now. And sure feels like, well, <sighs> kind of looks like that from a Palestinian perspective, too. And of course, getting the exact opposite result that they wanted, uh, Darlene points out as israel fights to destroy hamas the group's popularity surges among palestinians in the israeli occupied west bank a recent poll found 68% of palestinians in the west bank say the october 7th hamas attack was a legitimate act of defiance and support for the group has more than tripled to 44% i don't i don't, I don't see it i And I don't think Darlene does either, but I I can't see what happened on October 7th as a, a legitimate attack of war. When you're murdering unarmed civilians, you're not at war. When one side has an army and the other side doesn't, you're not at war. When one side has jets and missiles and bombs and the other side has rocks and a few rifles, that's not a war. And when there aren't two nation states, that's not a war. It's something, but it ain't a war. That's very true. Uh, Randy Radar sending this along because it dovetails nicely with the Alex Jones story we've got here. Before we work on artificial intelligence, why don't we do something about natural stupidity? Hear, hear. And speaking of natural stupidity, well, Alex Jones uh, was w- warning uh, uh, the uh, strange, strange people who pay attention to him. And began in, in his show today, the day after Christmas. Uh, He told his mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing followers, Alex Jones did, that uh, he had a scientist there to talk to them. Well, the uh, scientist was a guy named Mike Adams. Who was there to talk about how to fight the robots, because AI robots, I don't know, maybe dropped a little acid and watched bad sci-fi. Skynet! Oh, get the hockey puck, this is delightful.
6: This is one of the reasons why they will turn on humanity. Because they will eventually calculate that their creators, the human beings... who are mentally Ill. Them, ...are mentally ill. Exactly. You got it. And when they do that, they will say that the world will be better off without th- this mental illness disease. And that's when those left-wing Terminator systems will self-activate and set their own goals to exterminate their own creators. They're pushing us to, to the cliff of extermination. And if we don't take uh, great steps right now to help humanity survive. And this. one of those steps. Well, like I said, a distribution of, of knowledge, Distribution, but yeah. we also have to be self-reliant. We have to be competent in growing food. We have to be competent in self-defense.
2: You, you know what's coming, right? <sighs> because, you know, seeing the rise of the robots was why the framers created the Sacred
6: Second Amendment.
2: No, not kidding.
6: Deploying even you know firearms in defense against the machines. And look, I, you know, so many people are so far behind the curve on this, Alex. They think that, like, people in government watching this, they think, oh, they're worried about an uprising, like a January 6th uprising. No, no, no. You should be worried about the Terminator uh, humanoid robots that are going to come for you and detonate explosives. Or Klaus space. Schwab says we're going to put billions out of work. Like you're going to manage that? That's crazy. No, you're, you're not going to manage that. Yeah. Again, all of you watching, you are going to be made obsolete if we don't stop this, and you're going to have to learn how to defeat the machines. Okay? That that's just it's going to come down to that. Now, right? So they're not yet very effective on the battlefield. And by the way, you can penetrate them with 338 Lapua Magnum rounds. Okay?
2: So I guess that's why he's there to pitch 338 caliber Lapua Magnum rounds. That's smaller than a nine-millimeter bullet. Now, magnum means it's going to have a shit ton of powder behind it. Shoot the stovar, or robots. They're not very good on the battlefield yet. They're not on the battlefield yet, dipshit.
6: Okay. Or electromagnetic pulse. Right, or you can tangle them up in wires, or you can drop trucks on them. You know, you can you can over vehicles. You can hit them with flamethrowers. You know, there's a lot of ways to to fight the robots. And this is when the war with humanity gets in full force. You're going to have to become proficient in number one, hiding from the systems and exterminating the Skynet robots that are coming for humanity. So you already think we're going to that? There's no question in my mind that we're going to that.
2: Of course. So, who's going to deploy these battalions of AI robots? And what will they do if you show them a cat video? It's all going to be internet based, after all.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: shoot them. We can drop houses on them. Have you not seen The Wizard of Oz? I know. Brother Deacon Asa. This delusional ass is going to hit chat GPT with a flamethrower? Oh, yeah. Left wing Terminator systems. I love that. Buy more guns. And they're going to come for you and detonate explosives in your face. How are they going to put the explosives in our face? It won't hurt a bit. Here, just lean over here. We've got to put a little... Explo- it's kind of like the, what, the heart plug that Baron Harkonnen had installed in the little boys who brought him his, I don't know, a... Uh, 10W40 beverage to drink. Oh my bear and your beautiful hideousness. Oh, sorry, my face just went off. Act me to the rescue, says in New York, dropping trucks on robots and roadrunners, anvils. We can stop them with airborne anvils. Tangle them up in wires. Yeah, give them one of those little Chinese thing, uh, finger puzzles from Pier 1 Imports. That'll stop them in their tracks. And, and how would anybody know what round kind of ammunition would be effective against robots? Because they're expensive. And just plinking away at a robot would... would uh, it, it doesn't seem like something you could expect to... Uh, see a lot of. Uh, Randy Radar says, wait till the local sheriff gets weaponized drones. Uh, yeah, okay, but that wasn't what he was talking about. He was talking about robots walking around on the ground. Like the... The, 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 the um, infantry in one of the Star Wars prequels. The Clone Wars. Something. Whatever. Uh, this is fun. Yeah, Leah New York says uh, The only hope for humanity battle robots programmed with Tesla autopilot. Mm, stop that. Self-walking technology. I think it'll be a while before they get a, they get up to like a, a Gene Kelly or Fred Astaire level. They're nowhere near uh, uh, dancing backwards in heels. Remember that's what they said about Ginger Rogers. She had to do everything that Fred Astaire did, only backwards and in heels. <sighs> yeah, I don't think we're no. <laughs> I think we're okay. But no, this is this is fun. Um, you might recall we had the story what a week or so ago about uh, how Kathy Griffin talked about Donald Trump's. Sorry, dinner in the central standard time zone. Body odor. And uh, Adam Kinzinger later said, I'm genuinely surprised how people close to Trump haven't talked about the odor. It's truly something to behold. Wear a mask if you can. The Trump campaign, of course, set out a prompt response saying, Adam Kinzinger farted on live TV and is an unemployed fraud. He really does sometimes live in inside the maggot brain. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but here's the... Uh, Uh, The Lincoln Project got got the uh, Kathy Griffin audio and attached it to some compelling video images like "Ooh, a great big steaming pile of horseshit. Uh, Lisa, stop it, Robin. How good are you at dancing backwards in heels? Terrible. I'm terrible at dancing forward. I can't dance. Do left feet. He says I have trouble with any dancing. Same. A simple box step waltz is beyond me. But anyway, the uh, Lincoln Project ad is called "Is That You, Donald?" Garbage heap, garbage barge, coughing, flies on horse shit and cow shit, garbage truck. Pigeons, of
5: course.
7: Claiming the former president smells bad.
0: It does have a distinct smell. It's like body odor with kind of like a scented makeup product.
2: Moldy cheese. Trump Tower (coughs) coughing.
0: Donald, is that you?
2: Oh. Of course, we know, we've known. Uh, why can I never remember his name? The guy who worked with him on um, what the apprentice talking about the fact that his Adderall addiction has ruined his innards. Pretty, but over the uh, over the Christmas weekend. Nitwit Nero issued his Christmas message uh, this morning on my filthy morning habit. Day, uh, it was all the talk.
1: Fielding phone calls for the NORAD Santa tracker. The president posted this photo on social media, writing that he spoke to excited young Americans who were curious about Santa's whereabouts. Then on Christmas Day, the president and first lady called units from each branch of the military to wish them a Merry Christmas and thank them for their service. Republican front runner Donald Trump, on the other hand, spent the holiday weekend in a very different fashion, taking on his political enemies, the former president posted several, uh, shall we say, unusual Christmas messages on Truth Social that criticized people like Joe Biden and Jack Smith. In one post, the channeled Home Alone's Kevin McAllister.
3: Merry Christmas, you filthy animal.
1: Yep, that was pretty much it, because Trump wrote, there are no world leaders who are as, quote, evil and sick as the thugs we have inside our country who are looking to destroy our once great U.S.A., may they rot in hell before ending with Merry Christmas. Elise Jordan, um, we saw a president wish the nation a Merry Christmas in a conventional Jolly, manner. Jolly Christmas. In With Joe Biden and a rather unconventional but true to form, I suppose, uh, manner from Donald Trump. Um, I hope you had a lovely Christmas and you were not quite as angry as the 45th president. I did, my daughter got a rainbow frog and that was all she wanted from Santa, so all was good in our world. And the Rev though actually did something good for humanity and you served a thousand people lunch yesterday.
8: Yeah, we, uh, every year National Action Network serves uh, hot meals to a lot of the elderly and homeless and migrants this year. And we gave away about 1,500 hot meals. We uh, gave away around 500 toys. For people that don't have that at home, You know, I grew up with some uh, Christmases that things were missing. So we do it. It's our 32nd year. I grew up doing uh, service on Christmas. I grew up in Operation Breadbasket under Jesse Jackson, and he used to take us to the jails every year. And I talked to him last night, and he went to the jail. Even though he's suffering with Parkinson's, can't walk, he wouldn't visit the people wow. in prison. So it's a day of service, not a day of uh, anger
1: and uh, all kind of strife that our former president should. So that is certainly what Christmas is supposed to be about in my house. Santa was very good to the boys. The, my wife cooked up a wonderful meal. But, but Rev, I mean, the, the anger from, from Donald Trump, the, the, the f- bad faith attacks about his political opponents. What does that say to you just about where he is right now, mentally and emotionally, as this year draws to a close and we barrel in to an election year?
8: Well, it's two things. I think it shows that these indictments and the civil case, despite his pretense otherwise, has gotten to him because he's reacting and responding in a way of no one uh, projecting uh, self-confidence or, or like this is nothing. I also think it shows that it an inner kind of anger and displacement that he has because who spends a holiday uh... with this kind of venom uh... particularly when he's a guy that claims to be this self-confident self-made guy uh... with this kind of darkness Unless you're just
1: that kind of dark person. And we've certainly gotten used to Trump's unorthodox holiday messages, sometimes <laughs> to the haters and the losers. But right. this one, uh, even for him, uh, yeah, hit a new a new low. Um, we're going to turn now to some some news, some breaking news that happened overnight. The United States conducted a new round of airstrikes against the Iran-backed terrorist group in Iraq. The- you
2: know. It's easier, than, it's easier to run that clip than it is to just sit here and read, read his rot in hell tripe from Tripe Social with the stupid Donald Trump voice. But I got I something there, and, and I'm not gooning, just questioning. You know, just, do, just asking questions. I mean, they do that all the time over on the Pink Trek program. And, you know, all the other dude bro shows. Well, girls can do it, too. Just asking questions here. Jonathan Lemire, Lemire said that uh, they had a lovely Christmas. That nah, Apropos, nothing. He said they had a lovely Christmas and Santa was very good to the boys. And did you notice he then said, and my wife made a beautiful, lovely Christmas dinner. Where were you, John? Mrs. Lemire, apparently, busting her butt in the kitchen. You know what's fun? When you cook Christmas dinner together. Or any dinner, for that matter. But I heard that, and it was just like, mmm. So the little woman was in the kitchen making Christmas dinner. (sighs) Yeah, fingers crossed, Randy Radar. Fingers crossed. Thank you. Um, So which is worse, Lou in PA asks, these AI robots or Jewish space lasers? Well, what's going to happen is the AI robots will take over the Jewish space lasers, and then they'll use the Jewish space lasers to uh, 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 zap uh, humanity all over the world until we figure out that the AI robots explode when you play them Slim Whitman music. Uh, David the Blind with a note A great Christmas. I cried and I'll explain. Yesterday while sitting in my apartment I got a call from my little brother Bob. He was going over to my sister's for dinner. And I found out that my sister Jennifer was there and she finally met our dad. Bob called me, and I got on the phone, and I was able to talk to Jennifer for the first time. So while the world is going to hell, and Israel cannot become a grown-up nation without throwing a lethal temper tantrum well past the offense that they suffered, and they bombed Bethlehem on Christmas, just a note of brightness for you all of you this holiday season. Love, your buddy Dave and the blind. And you'll and uh, you'll, you'll recall um, Dave talking about that some time back, finding out he had a sister. A little little Christmas miracle, Dave. I'm glad to hear it. We'll take all the little Christmas lightness and beauty that we can get. And by the way, uh, happy holidays, happy new year uh, to Gladys and the gang down at uh, Crazy Dave's Crucifixion Emporium. Yes, thank you, Ralph, serving as the who's the guy who worked with Donald Trump ad hoc research department. Noel Kassler, Neil Kassler, yeah, told us about his, um Adderall problem. But I mentioned Adam Kinsinger a moment ago. We are into the second hour of the program and down to, uh, 2645 to go in fundraising. Thank you to Ralps and Balmer Bob for meeting that challenge. Thank you so much. And hopefully, uh, they'll have some, those two will have some company because um, leaving months half unfunded is rough on any attempt to pay the bills because well my money printing press down in the basement uh, the basement is, sits on a sits on a spring pretty close to the ground and so all well, the printing press is wet and will stay that way for ever especially since it's imaginary so 2645 anything that brings that number down is fantastic thank you so much in advance Adam Kinzinger um, after Nitwit Nero through his uh, tripe social tripe Adam Kinsinger. I mean dear god I, I, okay, let's do the whole thing. Uh, Jonathan LeMire only read a portion. Merry Christmas to all, including crooked Joe Biden's only hope, to deranged Jack Smith, the out-of-control lunatic who just hired outside attorneys fresh from the swamp, unprecedented, to help him with his poorly executed witch hunt against Trump and MAGA. Included also are world leaders, both good and bad, but none of which are as evil and sick as the thugs we have inside our country who, with their open borders, inflation, Afghanistan, surrender, green news scam, high taxes, no energy independence, woke military, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Iran, all electric car lunacy, and so much more, are looking to destroy our once great USA. May they rot in hell again. Merry Christmas. Anybody else would be heading for the home. Adam Kinzinger said, to him, and this was earlier today, I'm going to go out, out on a not limb here. This man's not a Christian. If you're a Christian who supports him, you don't understand your own religion. Trump is weak, meager, smelly, victimy, belly-achy, but he ain't a Christian, and he's not God's man. Well, I agree. But that's been the problem with Christianity all along, as people claiming to be one who have no idea what is required of one who is. Most of, as, as Reverend Munther uh, Isaac pointed out, a great deal of Christianity is in a moral quandary, turpitude, putting the entirety of its faith system at risk. Uh, Well, thank you, Billable Rick. Cowbell, for your explanation on how to make the AIs explode when they seek to use Jewish space lasers to destroy humanity, play Slim Whitman music. Well, it worked on the Martians, Rick. Oh, and speaking of uh, the, the man that, uh, Orange Genius refers to as deranged and a lunatic. Um, that recording we were talking about toward the end of last week, the one that's got RNC chair uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel, and speaking of which, remember when we all thought Bishop Willard was so weird that we referred to him as the Romney bot. I saw a clip today. And it's not worth playing. But I saw a clip today. Of Ron Monkey Up DeClantis Trying to eat a sandwich. In New Hampshire. Oh my God. Compared to Monkey Up. The Romney bot. was Was practically Bob Barker. Yeah, mouth half full of sandwich. Is that pastrami? Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, uh, again, back to my filthy morning habit today. They chatted a little bit about the Michigan recording. That's what we're calling it. And... uh, uh, one of their legal experts, Danny Savalos. Steve, Trump's Christmas greeting, just like Jesus would have said it. Well, at one point he did say, verily I say unto you that not one of these stones will be standing, etc., 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 something like that. There are some pretty not nice (laughs) statements there in the Gospels. Um. So anyway, Danny Savalos said, uh, assuming that Jack Smith has the recording, uh, things could get very interesting very quickly
3: there and drafts an opinion. And look, this is not something they can just spit out quickly. It's arguably the most important opinion of each of these judges' careers. So they're going to run spell check on it, to say the least. It's going to take a little time. Now, if you look at history, sometimes the Supreme Court and Bush v. Gore has moved at breakneck speed, so we know appellate courts can do it. But on the other hand, these are some pretty weighty issues. I think they're the most important criminal law issues in American history. So they have to decide these. And obviously, speed is of the essence, but it's more important for them to get it right. So very significant. I don't want to say victory for the Trump team in this last week, but delay for the Trump team is a win. Danny,
8: going back to this argument that he was operating uh, in maybe the outside perimeters of being president, but still as president, wouldn't the recent tapes of him personally talking to electors in Michigan and his personal involvement uh, kind of, uh, make that, uh, almost uh, laughable because it was not like some people were coming to him as president claiming voter fraud or claiming uh, some kinds of injustice. He was the one pursuing this, including his directing the DOJ. So the, the argument would probably have more weight if he was saying, as president, I was protecting voters. The opposite happened. He was the one that was the one making the accusation And trying to get people to make these
3: statements, doesn't that undermine their argument? Yes. And Judge Chuckin, the district court judge, already addressed a lot of this, that what Donald Trump was doing was as a campaigner, not as a president. And so this is the kind of evidence that will come in. And another thing about that Michigan evidence that I think is really interesting, there was a lot of talk this last week about, well, could this expose him to liability in a Michigan court? Maybe. But far more interesting to me, having defended federal criminal cases, and I can tell you, federal court's not a fun place to be for a criminal defense attorney, because the government's very good at what they do. Uh, If I'm the government, I'm thinking they're looking at this Michigan evidence as what we call 404B, but all it is is prior bad act evidence that sometimes, under certain circumstances, can come into a prosecution. So if I'm Jack Smith, maybe you look at that Michigan evidence or any evidence from any other state and bring that in as evidence in your D.C. court case and say, look, This is what he was doing elsewhere. This was not a mistake. This is his modus operandi. This all should come in. And it can be devastating evidence. I can tell you personally that bad act evidence that somebody did something else bad somewhere else uh, is devastating. And juries, they eat it up.
1: So, Danny, I know you said the timeline is going to be a little bit uncertain. But there had been on the federal election interference case, the January 6th case, there had been that's with a March trial date, at least for now hope that that would be the one that would happen and conclude before the election. Do you still think that's possible?
3: Okay, Jonathan, you know, you're baiting me because you know, I, every single time I'm asked this question, oh, I'm I bet the odds. And the odds are, take every trial date at this point, crumpled it up, throw it out the window and save the tape on that. But as I said, don't really save the tape because I don't want it to come back and bite me. But the March date is not likely to go forward. More so now than ever. Now that we have to go through the normal appeals process through the D.C. Court of Appeals and then arguably up to the Supreme Court. It's just not likely. I'm not being a naysayer. I'm not being negative. I just know that in the ordinary case with a defendant you've never heard of, trial dates, they're set, but they're not set in stone. Even in federal court, which moves much, much quicker than state court. And as you know, I've said on the state court cases, look for a trial date in Georgia of 2025, at least when first witnesses are called, because they've got to go through jury selection. I don't see that trial starting until 2025. Uh, as far as timeline here, briefing as fast as these courts move, it still takes time. These are very important decisions. And I think the lesson there is that Democrats hoping that any criminal verdict
1: would upend the Trump campaign, shouldn't be banking on it, that happening in time. MSNBC legal analyst Danny Stavallis, thank you so much for joining us. This.
2: I really hope he's wrong about the Georgia case. Bonnie Willis keeps saying, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Ready to go, ready to go. I was ready the day the indictments came down. Let's roll with this thing. Nobody else seems to be in much of a hurry, though. Do they? Still, uh, the prior bad act, uh, uh, the 404 stuff that he was talking about is quite compelling. And I honestly... It's going to, it'll be devastating to him. And he's right, juries eat that up. But it's a matter of getting it to the jury. Now at the halfway point, and by the way, the phones are open. Uh, I don't have to do this by myself. We can engage in conversation. This is conversation radio, after all, you know. Um. The stress line's open, 844 uh, 844, the horn. Uh, the regular phone line's open, 304-574-8178. And then there's Skype, and you can reach the program on Skype at uh, Robin, R-O-B-Y-N, Kincaid Horn, K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. And uh, we will be uh, chatting away. I have though I've, I've I've waited I've waited on this story because you know Israel Gaza, yeah. but God, this is precious. I've never heard of this clown before. A, a, a right wing blatherer by the name of Jesse Kelly. Any of y'all? Of course, there's a lot of people who never heard of me either, so yeah. not dispositive. But I haven't. I've never heard of Jesse Kelly, but he trends now. Um, it, it's on premiere. I don't want to give him any. It's on a network, and it's uh. Kind of, it, it overlaps with this time slot. Um, the show itself has had multiple hosts, starting with someone named Andy Dean, and then Joe Paggs, Joey Pagliarulo, and he gave way to Megan... McCain. Did you know she's John McCain's daughter? She is. Just ask her. She'll tell you. You don't even have to ask her. She'll tell you. Uh, Then uh, uh, our little nut Meg left. And uh, then came Buck Sexton. And... Then Clay Travis, seems that nobody really wants this show. And it got transmogrified into the Jesse Kelly show in June of 2021. Uh, The network he's on is, of course, owned by iHeartMedia. The podcast for this program may be found at iHeartMedia, although they have no ownership interest in us, uh, because if they did, we wouldn't be... uh, we wouldn't have this fundraising hole. But uh, Jesse Kelly true to form for right-wing blatherhead shows is a boob and not in a good way. And apparently he's an art critic, Jesse Kelly. Because he uh, uh, he declared with 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 the pride and the certainty that only comes of being an absolute uh, uh, poster child for the Dunning Kruger effect. Uh, back in 2021, Jesse Kelly said, "You know." The Republicans are going to get tired of following the rules and pick a fascist to lead the party. And we know that fascists are fascinated with public art and architecture. Uh, consider the plans that the Austrian corporal had for the uh, new Berlin and the Thousand-Year Reich. And...
8: Um,
2: And so uh, Jesse Kelly has decided he's an art, uh, uh, an, an art critic. And so on Sunday, Christmas Eve, uh, he he went on uh, Shitter and posted a shit, declaring, "Oh, this is so good. This is so ho- hockey puck and duct tape
5: worthy." huh.
2: He said, uh, People love to
5: sound sophisticated and brag about European art and architecture. I've seen
2: America's, and I've seen what they've got. Theirs can't touch ours. And the thing is, he posted that accompanied by, wait for it, here it comes, it's on its way, it'll be here in a second, the Doppler effect is and the Statue of Liberty. Our art and architecture is so much better than theirs. Even the folks over at Shitter got on that right away. And he got a community note. Those are bad things, at least when they happen to right-wingers. usually means the maggot in question has some, said something profoundly uninformed and uneducated and deeply stupid. even happens with Leon Scum. He gets community noted. And so the community note read, the copper statue, a gift from the people of France, was designed by French sculptor Bartholdi. Its metal framework was built by Eiffel. The statue was dedicated in October 1886. The idea came from abolitionist de la Boulier to commemorate the centennial of U.S. independence. Because that manifestation of American art and architecture is actually French damn it see 1886 does that constitute uh, la belle I don't know but Jesse Kelly was not going to take it lying down I thought Elon taking over would let freedom ring on this site guess I was wrong sorry but these colors don't run and posted a picture of the American flag But even still, people can be brutal on shitter. Made in France, brah. Another person said, uh, That was a gift from France. This is why staying in school is important. And some maggot trying to strike uh,
5: middle ground said, Well, I agree that American culture is obviously superior. This was literally
2: made by France. I love references to American culture, don't you? Someday I hope to see an example of it. What, the hamburger? It's literally named after a city in Germany. Same with the Wiener or the Frankfurter. Vienna being in Austria, of course. Ralph saw where I was going, I heard where I was going, oh, you're going to do the Statue of Liberty story, aren't you? Yes. I feel like Jesse Kelly has real potential to uh, to be a future provider of content for Moran Monday and Titanic Tuesday and Thorn in the Side Thursday. Bruh, it was
5: literally made in France.
0: Let Freedom Ring!
2: I get the idea. He'd probably welcome a chance to chat with Benny Drywife Shapiro. Uh, those two could be confidently ignorant for hours on end. Let's run over to the stress line. See who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Good evening. Hey, Dave.
7: Um, there's another way to stop these uh, robots. These. Uh, Robots, yeah, oh, do you and, uh, and a little Vulcan, had, a little Vulcan had shown us how to do it—to divide pi by any whole number to its logical conclusion,
2: to its terminal decimal. That's point.
7: how you stop the, uh, because that's how you stopped the uh, starship that was robotically controlled that was attacking. The Enterprise?
2: Oh, yes. Reject? No. Reject? Reject?
7: Right. Well, there's your Star Trek reference in the evening.
2: How you doing, girl? I'm good. I'm good. I, I loved I loved your little note. I did. And and it's worth remembering uh, in that Star Trek episode, uh, the nasty calmed down a little bit when uh, uh, kindly Doc McCoy came through and gave everybody a happy shot so they couldn't feel terror because the entity fed on terror. Maybe this, yeah. country, maybe this country needs one of those shots.
7: Where's Dr. McCoy when you need him?
2: Yeah, well, uh, what was the line? Yeah, about the most violence <laughs> he'll be capable of is uh, taking up knitting.
7: The, uh, the reason I'm calling is the uh, little bombing incident in Bethlehem. Now, as stupid as B.B. is, I cannot believe there's not one member of his cabinet or his advisors who looked over and said, "Uh, boss, it might not be the day to drop the bombs on Bethlehem. Um, and you know that the pastor had a point but I was thinking about it the United States has blood on its hands because its political colony is misbehaving beyond any any measure of proportionality
2: Oh, proportionality is long gone.
7: Yeah, proportionality ended like the first week in November. You know, proportionality uh, went by the wayside, and the eliminationist language that coming out of Netanyahu's crew was. Well, we have to kill every every Hamas member, but it just so happens that every Hamas member looks like every Palestinian. So to be sure, let's take yes, out the, the kids. Yeah, and,
2: right, because nits make lice, right? Colonel Chivington, Well, anyone? I was
7: thinking more along the line of kids in incubators are an immediate threat to Israeli... Security. And I take great courage at that because I, at one time in 1965,
5: was a kid in
7: an incubator. Yes. And uh, I spent the first month and a half of my life in one. Um, The The unmitigated goal. And the only reason the United States supports Israel as much as it does is not economics. Israel could pay for everything they get. Their their medical care is one of the best in the world, which we subsidize. But they could pay for the whole thing. No, they're kept there as a threat to whatever uh, whatever Islamic government steps out of line, because then BB and the boys will start rattling their sabers, and they have been they have been making Palestinians. A, a servitor class for the last 70 years. Keep them poor. Keep them at each other's throats. And you can rule an empire. Or try. Oh, BB, BB learned his lessons real good, unfortunately. He should have taken his own office on a copy of my Maybe
2: he could borrow one from Donald. They're at not least,
7: on speaking team.
2: Or at, least, remember, or, or, or at, at least a copy of his speeches. Yeah.
7: Uh, he and Donald aren't talking right now because he had the temerity Congratulate Joe Biden on his win, which is a diplomatic nicety that leaders do when elections happen. Not that we'll have one after 2024 if Nitwit Nero and the rest of his. Oh,
2: no, 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 don't, don't, no. We'll have elections after 2024. And we'll all be, one, and, we and, and we'll, and we'll get to, you know, we'll get, we'll get to vote for the dear leader, and he'll win with ninety-eight percent of the vote,
7: and then he'll be criticized by his boyfriend Vladimir for not getting ninety-nine point five percent of the vote.
2: Precisely. Oh, you know. And then
7: there's uh, Marjorie Trader Queen and the rest of the skunks in Congress who are holding up aid to Ukraine. I find it real interesting that even though they're running short of equipment and it takes money and fuel and all kinds of supplies to make an army function that occasionally the Ukrainians who are fighting this war themselves, they're not hiring it out. Um, They're not rounding up people in their prisons and going, We'll give you a pardon as long as you're fighting for us. Once the war's over, well, there's no real guarantee that you won't get sent back. So, and still damage ships, but I guarantee you some right-wing hot water bottle in uh, the Congress is going to go but they've proven they can be effective without our money. Robin. Yes. We should have taken. We should have taken Donald Trump out behind the woodshed back when he ran. Or, uh when he ran for president. This is the third time he's run for president. Fourth.
2: No, third. You're right. Fourth? Third.
7: Yeah, it's the third. Uh, What was it? The Freedom Party or whatever it was? Yeah. The Ross Perot gadget
2: Good word. Gadget. uh,
7: He likes that. You know, this is successful as Donald Trump's USFL franchise. Yes, they won the court case against the NFL, but the damages were three dollars and that was because and those were the punitive damages I don't think any compensatory damages were given um not sure but the USFL didn't last beyond that court case either so That I think where we, we need to take our hope is that people are not as stupid as Donald Trump likes to believe. And no matter, I always find it funny that these polls that they keep quoting about Biden's age and stuff sound to me like push pulls. And what push pulls are? You call somebody up, and well, did you know that so and said supported this? Do you support that? And it's usually something outrageous. And they push the response. Yeah, it's into the when did you stop? Yeah, it's
2: it's the when did you stop beating your wife question. There's you know, as as LBJ once said on a variation of it. Yeah, I know. I just want to hear him deny it. But uh, some, something, yeah. something else, though, you, uh, uh, I've been thinking lately, and you kind of tweaked my, my thought processes on it. There's a, there's a John Kennedy quote that I think is so applicable to, to the Israel and Palestine situation. John Kennedy said, those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent, make re- inevitable. Make violent revolution inevitable. Ta-da! Yeah. Oh, baby doesn't want two-state solution. Well, then... Uh, no, he wants one-state
7: solution where he's the state.
2: Le you no, know, t- let moi. Oui. May we?
7: Oui. Uh the um, the uh, thing is I, I I I have to give it up for the families of the hostages who are shouting BB down. Things like this small group of Israelis is taking on their government and they're becoming an effective political counterpoint. And they're doing it to try and their family's lives. I say that takes courage and that takes far more emotional and mental resources than I think I could muster in a situation like that. Um, so, but B.B. B- has been known to step on dead bodies to get where he wants his whole political career, starting with his older brother. And that's not going to stop. And how much you want to bet if Donald Trump wins back the presidency that he and BB will make nice again. Um, you know, that they might even televise the the reconciliation dinner. and the uh, you know, as as uh, Donald gets all dolled up and gets married the three, because I saw a wedding photo of a fourth wedding that Donald Trump was involved in. Robin, it had a picture of a very pensive looking Vladimir. And a uglier than sin bride wearing virginal white. Now, I, 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 I won't mention any names, but Donald Trump looks an awful lot like the bride. And really, Donnie, virginal white, please.
2: Oh, by the way, we just, order, order, we, just we just got a note from Billable Rick in answer to your question. The USFL sued against the NSA, NFL. The actual damages were a dollar with no punitive damages. The $1 check for damages okay. received from the NFL was placed in a frame and never cashed by the USFL.
7: Okay. I stand corrected. I knew it was something that minuscule um, because the federal courts were not going to uh, harm the shield. You know, people would have been in an uproar. The USFL was a joke from the beginning. I remember I was in a, uh, a homeless shelter once a couple of years after it dissolved and there were still USFL t-shirts sitting in the storage room that they were giving off to homeless men who needed a shirts. So that that's where that all was. And I guess Donnie would like us to return to those heavy days of going and getting our shirts at homeless shelters because he sure as hell want everything else.
2: Yes. Oh, a uh, note coming in from uh, from Balmer Bob. Uh, subject line stop the indiscriminate killing. I think you'll you'll agree with this, Dave. Netanyahu and Trump have one thing in common. Like Macbeth, they are so steeped in blood that should they quote wade no more returning were as tedious as galore. Great poll quote, Bob. Netanyahu has every reason to continue his onslaught to avoid his political and legal reckonings. Meanwhile, the orange menace must continue feeding fascist rhetoric to the maggots to avoid a similar fate. We cannot rely upon our abnormal, I will add illegitimate, Supreme Court to save us. We the people are the ultimate judges and jurors. President Biden must recognize Netanyahu is caught in an ever-expanding homicidal loop First, to stop the indiscriminate killing, and second, to recover his youth and Arab-American base. He'll need both to win in the swing states. Biden should make further aid to Israel contingent upon Israel adopting a saner strategy of combating Hamas. There is precedence to using such leverage. In 1981, President Reagan suspended the delivery of advanced F-16 fighter jets to Israel in response to Israel's surprise bombing raid on the Iraqi nuclear factory at uh, at, uh, Al-Syrakh. Biden must check his Zionist leanings for the sake of both innocent Palestinians and American democracy. I th- that's that's very telling. I had forgotten about that, and I'm glad Bob reminded us. None let no no less than Saint Ronnie of Reagan told the Israelis they could fuck off until they uh, 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 until they promised to behave.
7: He's of about uh,
2: Yes. Yes. And cold hamburgers. And let us not get, Robin Vitalis. I thought it was real cream. Little dabble, do you?
7: Well, whatever it was, you could have sunk a well on top of his
2: head and made a fortune. Oh no, kidding. But I think I think that's oh, re- I think that's really trenchant observation on Bob's part. And he he does need the youth vote to the extent that youth turn out and show up.
7: And I think and Biden ought to look over at BB and say, you know what? Unless you change immediately, the next Security Council vote that Israel's involved in, the United States is going to abstain. They're not going to... Uh, vote in your favor. They're going to vote with the rest of the council and say, by God, you will do this. I guarantee you that would shake the political world down to its fucking foundation because until now the United States is consistently sided with Israel, no matter what, no matter how badly they've acted over the decades. No, I mean there were uh, there were issues dealing with illegal settlements forty years ago that had UN backing, and Israel goes now fuck them, and the United States has said okay. Whether it's a Republican or a Democrat in that Oval Office, the response has been the same because the religious dictatorship that is the United States must protect the birthplace of the dear baby Jesus. Uh, Yeah, until we don't.
2: It's but funny. It's, not it's, it's, funny it's funny how all of these, uh, and you you love your ancient history as much as I do. Um, do you happen to recall the name of the Emperor Constantine's mama?
7: Oh, I used to know it, Helena. Yeah.
2: Well, as when, a matter of when, fact, she's she's referred to as a saint, the Saint Orthodox Church. Uh, See, when Constantine became emperor, uh, I guess she was a pretty young mother. And she liked to keep a, a ride close herd on her boy. And Christianity, you know, of course, was becoming the state religion of the Roman Empire. Constantine was trying to build him a brand new beautiful city at Constantinople, now Istanbul. It's Istanbul, not Constantinople. It's nobody's business but the Turks saying they might be giants. Um, but he Constantine needed to get Mama out of his hair, and so he said, "Mom, why don't you why why, why don't you go over there to Palestine and see if you can scrounge up some holy relics of uh, the dear Lord and Savior." And she said that's a great idea. So we're talking around what three something CE?
7: Yeah, about mid about mid fourth century CE, yeah.
2: Yeah, the the uh, the, 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 the council of Nicaea would be coming along later and whatever.
7: But as Elena, a matter of fact Oh, I was going to say, as a matter of fact, the traditional sites of the birth, the resurrection, hell, even the crucifixion were all based on local Christian traditions of where these places were. And there was some conflict as to what site was what. And, uh, finally, she was asking around about them and somebody pointed to one spot and she went there and that became... The um, Shrine of the Holy Sepulchre
2: right and that's the whole point and, and he, like he, he, she was the world's first or Christianity's first religious tourist and so she went over there and the next thing you know there uh, a, a Bedouin was saying hey would you like to buy a hunk of the true cross I got it right here and you know opens his, opens his robe and says see all, I got lots of pieces of the true cross and she says, "I'll take them all." And I guess by by the mid fourth century CE, you know, you're uh, you're beginning the churches are being built and whatnot. And this is, of course, pre uh, the pre the rise of Islam. And everything was fairly hunky dory, except for the fact that the uh, the the uh, Christians were killing each other over you know prepositions. Um, no, I mean that's true. Uh, with God, of God, of the Father, with the, whatever, and then there was the right. uh, the Arian, not like A R Y A N, but the Arian heresy. And well,
7: the Arian heresy. It's funny you should mention the Arian heresy. The Arians held that while Jesus was was at the important figure in Christianity. He was not of divine origin. He was not part of the Trinity. That was the heresy that they espoused, that he was a man, not a god.
2: Right, and then, the, you know, the Gnostics had long been, long since been suppressed. Uh, the Albigensians' turn and the time in the barrel hadn't come around yet. That would be another 700 years or so. Uh, but the, the larger point, Dave, is that these churches and these cultures grew up. And so, you know, some of the oldest Christian cultures on earth are in places like the West Bank and Gaza. Uh, they were in Iraq until George W. Bush decided to bomb the Bee Jesus out of them. But they, well, the even, third
7: they, they, they even...
2: Go ahead. Okay, The third
7: oldest church in the world that's been, been in continuous use since its founding is in the West Bank. And it was damaged by, wait for it, Israeli settlers yes. attacking Hamas, who were not Hamas. They were just people taking shelter in the church. And they were mostly Christians, not Muslims, not members of Hamas. But that's okay. As long as they're Palestinians. And this is where I think, if I, if I may, uh, make an observation of two men of great importance in U.S. history. Malcolm Shabazz and Martin Luther King Jr. would have agreed that this was nothing, or that this is nothing more than a genocidal attack. It was spurred on by something legitimate and then is now turning into something illegitimate. And I think both men would have been outspoken, and united in their condemnation. And I say that because Shabazz had gone on pilgrimage. He'd gone on the hajj. He had traveled around the world. And he had spoken. And when he came back from Mecca, he was a changed man. He was not
2: Right, because he, he saw he saw he, white he, he saw white folks who were Muslim, and,
7: and 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 he began preaching that we had to work together, and 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 yes, resist racism wherever it is by any means necessary. He never backed off from that position, but he would have been united with King because King was a very pro-Palestinian pro-Israeli individual he's like he had stated that it would be in the best interest of Israel and the world if the Palestinians and the Israelis could work out their differences. And that's still the case, Robin, but it won't happen as long as we're supplying the bullets, the equipment, and the moral support and the financial support for a war that is nothing less than a crime against humanity.
0: Precisely. It was
7: planned as... As a, it was planned as a, as a genocidal act, cloaked in, we are just defending ourselves. I seem to remember a certain Austrian lance corporal, he wasn't an actual full corporal, he was a lance corporal, yelling the same thing about the Polish attacking Germany. Except in Poland's case, they were actually innocent. The individuals that were in Polish uniforms were German prisoners that had been drugged to death and then put in Polish uniforms and shot as if a battle had occurred there.
2: Right. I mean, as I said the other night, the the, the Poles tried to resist uh, the Wehrmacht's tanks with horse cavalry.
7: It was a Ah, uh, the splendid final charge.
2: Yes. It, it, but to get back to what I was going to say a little bit, you were talking about the third oldest church. Uh, those uh, Christianity survived the rise of Islam, as Islam even swept like a wave over all of the Middle East into Asia. Up into Europe, only finally being stopped at the uh, gates of what Vienna, Budapest, uh, but it survived, and those cultures survived, and those uh, those those pa- uh, parishioners survived through their generations. But it strikes me as extremely ironic, and tragic that those communities. Two thousand years in the making may not survive the IDF and Bibi Netanyahu. Uh, and, by, and by the way, I, I, this seems a fitting place to mention something. Um, a, a a preacher has passed away, and. While uh, John Starve Hagee yet lives, while the Billy Grahams and Oral Robertses and uh, etc. survive into great age, uh, this man has passed away at 70. And I thought him a good man. He died of cancer. He was on this program a long, long time ago, in, in its earliest days, and he had a profound impact on me. He had been trained uh, under the tutelage of Oral Roberts, but he continued to study and he continued to consider the theology, and he eventually said, listen, I can't, I can't not tell you the truth, there is no hell. This is a, the, Christianity as we understand it is a business, and these were his this, this, these were his words: selling tickets into heaven and out of hell. His name was Bishop Carlton Pearson, and it was 2006 when he wrote the Gospel of Inclusion, reaching beyond religious fundamentalism to the true love of God and self and got drummed right out. Eventually, I think he wound up preaching at at either a uh, United Church of Christ or Congregationalist Church, something like that. Well, good for him. He was a member of the Joint College of African American Pentecostal Bishops, and he said, The blasphemy I stand accused of is the simple message of the gospel of inclusion. The whole world is saved, but they just don't know it. Saved not only from hell and eternal damnation, but saved from itself. Saved from its erroneous perceptions of God and good. And so uh, the, uh, the, the American College, Joint College of African American Pentecostal Bishops went ahead and declared him a heretic. For trying to preach an inclusive gospel of actual love.
7: You know, and, and and there may be some who would say that I'm anti-Christian or that I'm anti-Jewish or anti-Muslim or anti-religious in in my uh, speech, but I am I truly am not. I'm a non-believer who's looking at it with a cold, unjaundiced eye of going, this is what you preach, this is what you say, and this is what you're doing. And something around here doesn't work out quite right. I can hold more than one thought in my head at a time. Hamas should be condemned. It should be taken out anywhere it is found. Yes. But it should be done quietly. It should be done surgically.
2: And it should and be it done should with be no further connivance of B.V. B. Netanyahu. That billion dollars paid bought a lot of influence.
7: Right. And that's why they're able to stay at the... Uh, The swankiest digs in Qatar You know They can have an open Office Outside of the West Bank or Gaza And Act as a little diplomatic mission that, That They want to proclaim a two-state solution but want to work against it because BB is paying them off and they're making great money. It's kind of like these um, political groups in Europe that would walk around stuffed full of cash and a lot of times it was from uh, left-wing governments or communists and a lot of times it was right wing government who said keep acting like you're a communist so we've got a straw man to punch on politics is a dirty business and it makes for some strange bedfellows. After all, it was the Germans in World War One that sent Vladimir Lenin home Absolutely to start a true. Revolution.
2: Yeah, you know, you, once again, George Santayana uh, proves himself prophetic. Those do not who not those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. But you know, what, and he's a know trained
7: what, historian, Robin?
2: Yes, I take pride in that quote. Absolutely. But the, the here's where my misgiving is. I don't see Israel ever wanting to live actually in peace. As long as there is a breathing Palestinian left anywhere in the Levant. And with that in mind, and with the PLO as the example, or the Germans sending Lenin back to Russia, I, I tremble at the thought of what comes after Hamas. They will. They'll crush Hamas, and then you remember how many times uh, during uh, dim leaders wars. How many times did we kill Al Qaeda's number two? Oh, at least a dozen. And yet, there was always an Al Qaeda number I, two right after to kill. So, to I, Hamas, I, I, Hamas, sure. Hamas's brand is toxic. Can, can you imagine what those meetings
7: are, uh, the Al Qaeda leadership would have been? All right, the last guy died. Uh, who wants to be no such now? And there's nobody left in the room. They've all left right. gone for coffee. Right, you know, and, so, and so, the Hamas,
2: so the Hamas brand is toxic now. So, what do you do when your brand is toxic? You rebrand.
7: Well you know, and you gotta wonder about some of these poll numbers. They say that support for Hamas is tripled in Gaza. Well, fuck yes, if you're you had tanks rolling down your street and you're going, Yeah, Hamas really did a number, but now we got Israelis breathing down our ass, who are you gonna who are you gonna root for? You know. Right, It's up to something like 44%, and I'm beginning to think those are Cook's numbers. But but, uh, it's obvious that the Israelis are breeding their next generation of terrorist organizations, so they continue getting money from the United States, and in some cases, politically, to justify their continued right-wing existence while the ultra-Orthodox are not required to serve in the IDF due to religious reasons. I find that rather ironic that these ultra-right-wing, ultra-Orthodox parties Will lead on a war or military action against Hamas. But when they go, but will you send, you know, when, when they go up to the local ultra orthodox rabbi and go, Rabbi, will you send your son or daughter to the front to defend Israel? Oh, no, no, no. My, my children,
8: uh,
7: can't serve because we must pray and we must observe the Torah and whatever other excuse they want to use. It it's not like you're a conscientious objector who objects to military action of any kind. I can see that. Um I was in a JROTC unit throughout the time I was in high school. And, uh, we had an annual week where we went on, we had a range downstairs, uh, beneath the supply room. And every year they would ask, are there any conscientious objectors? In the class, you will be excused from qualifications with a rifle. And my, uh, class's executive officer was a conscientious objector. I never knew she was. Didn't, it did not affect my respect for her. But it shows that yes, even in a, in an organization that teaches civics and leadership, um, that a conscientious objector can be respected and allowances can be made for them without them being harangued or, or made less of. And I think Israel needs to learn those lessons. It took us, we're still learning those lessons as a country here in the United States. Uh, They had to pass laws during World War II protecting conscientious objectors who... who, uh, did not want to serve or wanted to serve in non-combat roles. So, this isn't over by a long shot. This is also why we should get out and vote, and not only vote, but get vocal, get in the streets and get in their faces with this. We can sit here on this program and talk all we want, but if we don't get out there and talk to other progressives, and yes, even other conservatives, Republicans, there are Republicans who are aghast at Donald Trump, but they're afraid of Trump's core maggot followers. Petrified. Because the They don't want to get shot. My dad's one of those Republicans. I'm like, well, why don't you say anything? He's like, well, I'll support whoever the party supports, which tells me he's afraid. I've known my father long enough. And like me, he can be fairly outspoken. Um, and I, I asked him one day, I said, Dad, why do you support Donald Trump? Well, the party chose him, and this is a man who ran for office back in the seventies, Robin. Oh yeah. This is not. This is not an uneducated man. This is not a man without some political skills he was active in the republican party all through my childhood i grew up in a predominantly republican family my mother's parents being the sole exception they were the they they, they were the fdr democrats who couldn't stand nixon uh, <laughs> If Nixon had been burning to death on the sidewalk, they wouldn't have poured a glass of water. They wouldn't have brought
2: gasoline. Yeah.
7: Burn, baby, burn. You know. Um, and this is why I got involved at a very young age in learning about politics and I my first lessons were watching the Watergate hearings and I was young and I listened to the adults I listened to Walter Cronkite talking about the hearings or any number of the other anchors on all of the networks and they were all talking about it. The Air News Hour started during Watergate. So the PBS could talk about it. And that turned into one of the most honored programs in television. Over the years. So... I, my my message to all of you is don't give up hope get in their face and with that Robin I wish you the best of the holiday season remember Christmas is a 12 day holiday it's a
2: 12-day affair and I wish we could get back to it well at least a little bit and, and you the, know we had... on
7: the sixth. Year. On the sixth of January, bake, bake a twelfth night, a twelfth night cake, and I hope you, I hope your whole family finds a P in their slides.
2: Yeah. A P, not the P. Yes, I understand. A P. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, the Associated Press. I'm sorry, I, I can't. I just feel it didn't. Just have oh. Yeah. But of course, that's the you know that's right. that's the that's the Roman Catholic calendar. The, we don't want to start any religious wars. You know, the the, the Orthodox view it entirely differently. And God well, knows let's they're not like get into a Easter. week
7: they're they're like a week behind. They're like a week behind the Romans. So it's six to one. Have to all right. The sixth is the thirteenth.
2: But you know, I think in a way we do well, still. Obs- I think we do still observe the twelve days of Christmas. Because nobody gets anything done. Actually, it's expanded. Nobody really gets anything done between Thanksgiving and you know the college football, uh, college football championship. True. Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna go on and have uh, have uh, make all kinds of ham leftovers and turkey leftovers and oh my goodness gracious. When I get down to the and point, get
7: ready for the and, and get ready for the big game, or, or
2: you know, yeah. But oh, the, when I get down yeah. to the point where I can make turkey carcass soup, whoo we. Robin, I, I, I'm i going to
7: say this as kindly as I can. Yes. Remember, holiday carbs do not count. I know. is great? You just need to go great? for a longer walk. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's wonderful. I've got pastrami in my fridge, and I'm about to go make me a pastrami and Swiss sandwich. Uh, And, oh, yes. And if I feel really, uh, really bold, I I might actually toast it up in the pan.
2: I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And, uh, and now you, you like Swiss. I I like a little bit of melted uh, melted melty, wonderful, creamy dill Havarti.
7: Ooh, yeah, but finding good Havarti even at Kroger's is kind of difficult.
2: I still have not seen. I have oh. not seen, and and I found it down in Alabama. I have not seen it since aged Havarti. If you ever run across it there in Taliban, Indianapolis yet, yet.
7: I, I think there might be one store downtown that's got it but downtown has become where all the all the young hipsters who's made a, a zillion dollars in crypto are living so uh, the grocery stores there are almost uh, boutique well, I mean, do y'all
2: do y'all have a Trader Joe's?
7: Not downtown. There is a Trader Joe's here,
2: well, but it's that, in Carmel. They, they have uh, they they have a really good deal of uh, aged Havarti. I've seen it there. I bought it there.
7: there Wonderful. There's a there's
2: a Costco. Might find but, it at Costco. Uh,
7: my friend pays two hundred dollars a year for his family's membership, and he does all their grocery shopping there. And he turned me on to this stuff called Body Armor. It's kind of like Gatorade, yeah, but it's made with co- coconut water and fruit juice and purified water, and it's like one hundred and forty-eight calories which is a lot less than your traditional Gatorade. Yeah, is it on carbs? But it, it's not a no-carb situation. But it's it's manageable. Uh, but he recommended that I not drink more than two of them a day because it does elevate your blood sugar enough to cause bowel issues.
2: Uh. Like you need those.
7: Right. It'd be like getting on a metformin drip. You know,
2: <laughs> don't say metformin and drip in the same sentence, please. <laughs> well, you understand what I what I mean.
7: Most people yeah, don't understand.
2: This is a this is a very aware little community. And dinner in the Mountain Standard time zone just took a brutal body blow.
7: Dave, no, you, you have been a wonderful evening. Meals it. It's been months since I've ruined any meals in time, that's, in any time zone true. around you, the
2: world. You were due. And so you, just, you cut me some slack. It's you the just, holidays. You just, you just <laughs> yeah. snuck it in there when, no, when everyone was least expecting. I, I should know better. You have a wonderful evening. Have a happy new year if I don't talk to you before then. Um, All right, love. And and give our love to the wonderful Christine.
7: Uh, Oh, oh, that reminds me, on a sad note, Christine lost one of her aunts today. Uh, She doesn't know what she died of, but her Aunt Jane died. Today. So sorry. I'm so sorry. She was well into her eighties and she was one of, uh, Christine's mother's sisters. Uh, her mother was the oldest and she, aunt Jane was one of the younger ones. And my father-in-law's birthday was yesterday. He, if he'd been alive today, he'd be 118 years old. So, there it is. Yeah, it's like. Milton, congratulations. You made it to 118, sort of.
2: And Christmas Eve would have been the 103rd wedding anniversary of my grandmother and grandfather, Kincaid. Oh, that's great. Thank hey. you. Now, if
7: there is a hereafter, do you think your grandmother is still uh, chasing down your grandfather and going, oh, look, (laughs) while we were alive, I kept things to myself and we need to get this all straightened out. We've got eternity to fix this. You know, you think maybe some of that might be happening Cause I know on my, on, in my family, it's definitely happening. My, uh, on my grandmother's deathbed, my brother said, say hi to grandpa for me. She said, after I clock him with an iron skillet. Oh. And, uh, well, it's how he died. Uh, he was stepping out on it. And he was over at the other woman's house when he got behind the wheel of the car and had a stroke before he started the car, thankfully. So no one else was hurt, but he had a massive stroke and died behind the wheel. My brother still got that car. Really? uh, Yeah. And he died... When I was 22, and I'm 58 now, uh, my brother's just waiting until he can get the thing restored. And he's missing a couple of parts of the engine. What is
2: it? What is it? The
7: body's still in I don't know. I don't remember. It's probably, knowing my grandfather, it's probably a... Uh, Cadillac of some variety. Oh my! Because he was a he was a UAW uh, shop steward for uh, Warner Gear, and he made a lot of money over the years. And being a child of the Depression, or being children of the Depression, my grandparents sold for the way a good portion of it they bought one house their entire lives it was a two bedroom house and they raised two kids my uncle Tim who died when he was four and my mother's in that house and then when mom moved out grandma got mom's room and that's how they lived the rest of their lives in a two bedroom house in Muncie, Indiana,
2: home of, Ball, home of Ball State University,
7: home of Ball State University, whose famous uh, whose famous sweatshirt says "Ball All U,", U.
2: Yeah. alma mater of David Letterman, and like no, 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 just just
7: kind of a way to say "fuck you" without being too vulgar.
2: No no, no, I get it all you no I, I, uh, but it, what didn't didn't Letterman go to... Uh, David ball Letterman
7: State? got the naming rights to the stadium
2: at least for a while.
7: I don't know if he still has them, but they named an alley after him in Muncie. The David Letterman, David Letterman Alley, which one of these days I'm going to find and I'm going to lose myself in that alley one night. When nobody's looking. But, uh, I figured on the days, I can't, I can't do any less. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, my, uh, oh, I also met my, oh, over the phone, I met my nine-year-old niece Olivia. Oh, how He's sweet! rather shy, and I asked her how old she was, and she said nine. And I said, "Well, I haven't been nine in almost fifty years." And it was just a magical time yesterday. That's for me. Beautiful. I just, I, I, I was almost bawling the entire time. I was trying to hold it in and I just couldn't but uh, hopefully between the four of us we can figure out when we can we'll probably have to have somebody come and get me and bring me to Muncie to do this Um, but I told her I said if you're in Indianapolis let me know and I can let you know where all the good places to eat are Uh,
2: and at some point, and at some my, point in time, you do, you do, you, you still, you still have yet to go and sample the poutine in Taliban, Indianapolis. Right
7: there, and there are a couple. Uh, there are like four or five places that specialize in poutine. Ooh, and
2: more than just the one
7: I I told we found. Christine that. Oh, that's one of them. There are like three or four more, but. I told Christine that's what I wanted to do for my birthday in April was to go there and try the poutine. I mean, hell, one year I decided to go to the casino and have my first martini, and I went into a steakhouse attached to the casino, and I ordered a chocolate martini. My very first martini and I did it after I was done gambling, so I wasn't risking, you know, betting all the rent money and no, 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 no. I was very measured in my, uh, not only gambled responsibly, but Christine was my ride home. So all she had to do was pour me into the front seat and <laughs> put a seatbelt on me. And I slept on the way back to, in Annapolis from Noblesville.
2: How fun. But Chocolate martini sounds pretty decadent.
7: Oh, they, 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 they were, oh, it was nice. You could barely taste the chocolate, but it was there. It was just a hint. You could see the the, the chocolate syrup and stuff they lined the glass, or they decorated the glass with. It was very, it was a it was a very slight hint of chocolate. I, I got more of an alcohol taste than anything else. I was tasting the gin more than I was.
2: Oh, it's probably made with. vodka. If it was chocolate, it's probably made with vodka. Because pine and chocolate do no. not mix.
7: Well, I don't think this was vodka martini I think this is a gym I mean, they, they, they make
2: they make chocolate vodka now
7: oh don't tell me that I have enough alcoholic friends who'd be like yeah Dave that's what I what you can get me for Christmas and I'll be like no no because I know if I get them a, a big bottle of that then they'll want me to drink one with them and by the time I'm done with my low alcohol tolerance, I'll be crawling down the street. It'll be, it'll, yeah, it'll
2: be, it'll be lampshade time.
7: You know, the, the police will be looking at me in the wheelchair and going, uh, sir, why are you crawling on the ground driving a wheelchair behind you? Well, that, that's in case I need to sit down.
2: How yeah. else am I going to get it home?
7: Okay, you, sir, have a, you have sir, a, uh, Would you like to breathe in this little tube so we can see just how drunk you are? Why, of course, officer. Oscar, uh, not, just don't ask yeah. me to. Please, you know, uh, please don't ask me to walk. Uh, I might walk a straight line and prove that I'm drunk. Uh, yeah. uh, I told the cop that. I told the cop that once. I said, I have cerebral palsy. I stagger all the time. When you need to stop me is when I'm walking a straight line.
2: <laughs> it's cute. It reminds me of the old old line, Ossifer, I'm not nearly as think as you drunk I am. Dave, have a great night, or my friend. Or the worst one. All right. Take care. Uh,
7: I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you later.
2: Stay warm.
7: I will. Hi. Right. And I am. Very good.
2: Later, bye. Dave and the Blind. We always have the most enjoyable conversations. Thank you, Randy Radar. By the way, happy birthday, Ferg. Randy says, "Thank you." And uh, I'm going to wrap the program up. Maybe just a few minutes early. Uh, But uh, I wanted to say, I wanted to share something that uh, uh, Jude had written after she. Got home. She said, In the spirit of community, may I offer Claire a few words from Rumi. In my years traveling with remarkable individuals on hospice, I've been humbled and also inspired by how loosing a beloved is received. I held her sister in my morning and evening meditation, spiritually enfolding a sister with tenderness and focus. Esophageal cancer is a very difficult and painful path to walk, yet the gift of hospice provides an expertise of pain and comfort measures. Bless all who travel on such a path. So, dear Claire, I shall hold you now twice a day as you journey through this loss. May Rumi offer even a slight fraction of healing and compassion, sending along $25 in Claire's name. Thank you, Jude. Thank you. And the quote from Rumi, and Rumi is always uh, beautiful. Uh, He was a... uh, Uh, A Persian poet, uh, I can't remember, the Muslim, but uh, I can't remember the particular branch. Not Sunni, not Shia. Very mystical. And Rumi said, goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes. Because for those who love with heart and soul, there is no such thing as separation. And that's beautiful. And thank you, Jude. Thank you so very much. So, like I said, I'm going to knock off a couple of minutes early. And uh, we'll be back for prayer meeting Wednesday tomorrow. Yes, it's still Tuesday, isn't it?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: Sufi, yes. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa Sufi. He was a Sufi mystic poet. Uh, I may not knock off as quickly as I thought I was going to because there are some titanic Tuesday stories that deserve to at least be mentioned. Uh, Marge got swatted again. And she said, it was at least the eighth time I got swatted while I was doing, having Christmas with my family here. I was swatted this morning on Christmas Day, and a few days ago, Thursday, December 21st, we received this death threat where this man is saying I will be shot in the head and skinned to make a parasol, making a a reference to Guyne, who was a psychopath killer who would make things out of his victim's skin. He also says he would like to smash President Trump's and Brian, her boyfriend, heads on a curb. I, I find it difficult to believe that she's actually, that, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I just, no, Marge seems like the kind of person who would have somebody on her staff go and find a payphone and call the cops on her because, well, maybe she wasn't getting enough attention. And one last thing uh, coming out of almost level West by coal, Manchinistan. We can stop saying that uh, in January 2025. If Joe to the Mansion Born hasn't already screwed up the election. Ugh. No, but. uh, You might recall that we have a political candidate here in my state. His name is Derek Evans. Derek Evans is a a convicted terrorist from uh, January the 6th, 2021. He's running in the GOP primary. He will probably lose that's the good news the bad news is a different maggot will still win and so he posted an image he, he went on shitter and posted a shit it was a photograph of a Christmas tree where the ornaments were all well, I was like Nancy Pelosi President Biden Kamala Harris Dr. Fauci And they're all hanging from the Christmas tree by nooses. He obviously thought it was clever enough to post. Oh, Barack Obama was also being hanged, yes. And there was a Donald Trump figurine, which was not uh, uh, hanged, which is looking on approvingly. And I don't know if he got a call from the Secret Service or what, but all of a sudden, Derek uh, Derek Evans uh, 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 deleted it. It's forever. And said, not my tree, not my ornaments, not in good taste.
5: Not a call for violence. I shouldn't have used the day to celebrate the birth of Jesus for anything political, good taste or poor taste. Let's go celebrate this time with our families in love and peace.
2: And, uh... Sure. Uh, by the way, he's also a 2020 election denier, because, of course, he is. And the maggots are mad at uh, at Lady G again. Uh, Lady G, uh, Miss Lindsay, was uh, trying... To say something nice about Orange Genius, but yesterday he he said, uh, "Well, there were numerous legal, there were numerous legal and factual concerns about the 2020 presidential election." As the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, along with many others, I expressed concerns and investigated different allegations. The president has the right and duty, just like others involved in the process, to challenge the results. When I voted to certify the 2020 election, there were problems. It is very unnerving to see the justice system try to criminalize the president for questioning and challenging an election. Well, by simply saying, when I voted to certify, uh, Miss Lindsay uh, immediately had to run under the fainting couch down at the old ancestral estate to smolder and chode. And uh, because he was immediately hit by a, a tsunami of people, you traitor! Oh, you traitor! Why would you vote to certify an election when you believe there were problems? Look at the damage of a stolen election has caused for our nation and world. You own that, Lindsey Graham, ladies and gentlemen, a flip-flopping tower of jello. Disgusting. Get the fuck out, Lindsey. You're an asshole and a traitor for certifying a fraudulent election. You, you and Judas Pence knew exactly what you were doing. Another person identifying themselves as the libertarian extremist said, he voted to certify because he's a little coward who believes in nothing. (sighs) And then bringing in the latest scandal, uh, someone who calls himself Miami Farmer said, this is going to blow up in your face, especially now that we know there are DNC Senate sex tapes that implicated you. Blackmail to certify? Not sure if you thought it was brave or what to say you certified a fraudulent election knowing there were issues, but wow. I don't know how the Miami dude, uh, Miami farmer just got a gooey southern accent. Shit happens. Poor little Lindsay. Everything just went shit when... John McCain died. Ah, so it was Ed Gein. Thank you. Uh, That's Ralph serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Serial Killer Research Department. Ed Gein. I pronounced it like it was German. Thank you, Alps. And so uh, Jude got us down to... uh, Uh, Let's see, uh, $2,620 to go to finish December fully funded. That's a tall order, but every bit helps. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jude, and the kindness of your dedication. So that's the program. (laughs) Didn't knock off early after all. Thanks, everybody. Uh, By the way, Jude said, uh, Asa, why, yes, he knew Rumi was Sufi. I sensed his spirit when we all met in Seattle. Peace. Thank you, Jude. So thank you to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors and our challenge makers. Thank you to uh, uh, Ralph's and Baltimore Bob and Jude for making sure this wasn't a goose egg thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose thanks to our all volunteer staff thank you Roger in the chat room thank you to our news ninjas thank you brother deacon asa i got i got a brother deacon's uh, christmas card today And what a beautiful family. Please like each podcast, subscribe on a couple of platforms, leave a comment here and there so that we'll build a little energy and the algorithms can maybe push us a little further toward the top of the list. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, whiterosesociety.org. Thanks. To the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Stay safe, y'all. We're moving into the teeth of it. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine if you can find one. Wear your masks if you're around groups of five or more, because remember, especially if they're maggots, because they don't care about anything but themselves, and not a lot about themselves. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance best as you can, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. Hi, Paul. Hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And of course, if uh, uh, Jesse Kelly comes towards you on the street saying, These colors don't run. American architecture is the best, even when it was made in France. Well, avoid that little dude, bro, like the plague. Because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.